Oriana Fallaci is in a class by herself. When she interviews people of power, and generally she has interviewed especially men in power, she has a way of getting to the core of things, and we see them as they are, naked unto the world. And uh, many of her interviews, one called Interview with History, among her many books indeed. Her newest is a novel. It's a novelist, and it is a smash in Italy. It's called A Man, and it's about a man she knew, uh, one of those authentic, original heroes named Alecos Panagoulos, and he is the hero of the story, and indeed she is in it all the way. Simon and Schuster, the published in America, very explosive novel indeed. And she's my guest this morning, Oriana Fallaci. <laughs> in a moment, her thoughts, reflections about the book, and indeed about the world and herself at this time in history, after this message. of grief and rage rose over the city and boom, rentless, obsessive, sweeping away any other sound, beating out the great lie. Z, Z, Z. He lives, he lives, he lives. A roar that had nothing human about it. In fact, it did not rise from human beings. Creatures with two arms and two legs and a mind on their own. It rose from a monstrous, mindless beast, the crowd. The octopus that at noon, barnacled with clenched fists, distorted faces, contracted mouths, had invaded the square of the Orthodox Cathedral, then stretched its tentacles in the nearby streets, jamming them, submerging them in Placable as the lava that overwhelms and devours every obstacle, deafening them with Z, Z, Z. He lives, he lives, he lives. And thus, Oriana Falacci, reading the opening passages of this novel, a man, a huge funeral, a celebration of a life, a man who died, who was murdered, named Alekos Panagoulis. And so your book, A Man Begins. We heard Theodorakos' music before that. So it begins. Who... With his funerals. Who was Panagoulos? <laughs> what a difficult question. I mean, uh, how can you describe a man with a thousand faces, a hero with a thousand faces, for, for describing him... It took 600 pages of this book. But if you want one word, yes. I don't say hero. I say a poet. He was a hero as a consequence of being a poet. Because he brought to the extreme consequences his poetry, his being a poet. You know, a poet, uh, when he is sincere, and uh, a poet, uh, what we call... Uh, in, in Europe, a civil poet, which means a political poet. He wants to change the world to have at least it a little better. And he leaves some dreams. 
and he announces things to happen and predicates dreams. But when he is poet until the end, when he applies what he's dreaming and what he's predicating, he has no other choice what than becoming a hero. So he, ha he couldn't help it. So we come to Alekos Panagoulis, who during the hunted time of Greece was hunted, was sought, tried to change the government, indeed the world, and that's what the book, the book begins with his funeral, does it uh, The book begins, the prologue uh, uh, oh. is the funeral. It begins to, with the funeral, so you know, starts like uh, in an opera, when yes. you have the overture, yes. and before the curtains go up, and we begin to yeah. see the story, it is the story also, develops. It is also, of course, and I was going to say, it is also a love story. Oh, God knows if because it is. Because the, uh, the, the you, you are writing it to him. You refer to you, the dead Panagoulos, and you, you, you recreate his life. So you are... Yeah, I, I, uh, I address to him, not to the reader. Uh, I don't speak in third person. He did, he said, he thought. I tell him who he was and what he did and how he died. Um, well, I guess that some will see it as a literary artifice, but it, it was not... Uh, uh, wanted at that point uh, because it came spontaneous besides it's my way of writing because if you remember uh, when uh, we were here a few years ago speaking of the other book a letter to a child never born we were speaking about the you at that time also and in letter to a child never born i i address an embryo the woman speaks to an embryo which is inside her that is to someone who doesn't exist as yet and in a man uh, she, the woman, me, yes. I, if you want, speaks to a dead man. A dead that hero. is That hero, a dead poet. That is someone who doesn't exist anymore, who is dead. Some people have said, some reviewers, that they, these two books are two monologues. And I guess that there is some truth see, in it. Even though he is dead, the word is Z, Z, Z. He lives, he lives. This is your theme, of course that the legacy of the poet is always around, particularly the political poet. And so we come specifically to this man. It's a terrible time in the world, and here's this guy, and he does things. He doesn't act. You see, uh, I think that uh, especially now we need that. We need heroes. We need poets. People who dream the impossible dream. People who fight to speak with the Don Quixote He's song, the impossible all right. uh, battle. Can That's what he did. What he did? He did something that in the mind uh, of all, all over his life, but he started with something with that in the mind of the uh, reasonable people would be senseless and useless. That is to kill, try to kill the dictator. Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. He failed, as you know. He didn't kill anybody, never, not even a mosquito in his life. You know, Alekos couldn't, couldn't kill, couldn't, couldn't go hunting, and he tried. You have to, a remarkable scene in the jail when he sees a cockroach. It's something like Dostoevsky almost. He's a cockroach, and he wants that cockroach to live. Yeah, you must explain why that is that, that, that cockroach, because. Uh, after, uh, I think that uh, I should say in a few words, because in America you don't know very well who was Panagoulis, Alekos Panagoulis. Uh, uh, in Europe, uh, 
he was, oh God knows, uh, he was the symbol of freedom, uh, the symbol of resistance. He was everybody, uh, everything, sorry. In America, he never was known that much. He will after this book, but he was not at that time, and it has not been until now. Uh, he tried in uh, uh, 68, August 68, to, to kill uh, the dictator. Uh, in Greece, there was this military dictatorship. Uh, a dictator was Papadopoulos. He failed. He was arrested, tortured in a savage way for months, trialed at the martial court, not even for the, not so much for the attempt to the life of Papadopoulos, which had failed, he was condemned to a few years for that, but for being the head of the Greek resistance and, uh, and the deserter of the army because he had left the army saying, I am not going to serve in an army which is the servant of the uh, uh, dictatorship, a military dictatorship. He was condemned to death uh, a sentence that he asked for, when he pronounced his, he refused to be, uh, to have the lawyers to speak with him, and he asked to speak with himself. Uh, he didn't uh, defend himself. He asked to be condemned to death, saying that uh, the swan song of uh, a, a resistant is the uh, sound of the execution's squad fire. He was not executed because of the intervention of all the heads of state, the leaders of the world, from the Pope to Utant, who was then uh, head, of uh, the head of the UN, to Johnson, to Johnson, which helped a lot, because the Papadopoulos and the military junta, of course, wouldn't do anything that would uh, not like would be unpleasant uh, or uh, uh, not accepted by the Americans, and the Americans did not need a hero at the time for the NATO problem, etc. Therefore, the death sentence was suspended, and uh, uh, he was uh, he re uh, remained uh, five years uh, in a solitary confinement in a cell of the, in the military prison of Boyati, which was as large as a double bed, no windows, and 24 guards to watch it around, although there was no need because there were electric wires everywhere. He couldn't escape, and he did escape. He, he, he succeeded, and he was, I finished, and then uh, he was released with the general amnesty in August 1973 when we met, the very same day. And we lived together uh, as men and wife, of course. Uh, the last three years of his life, that is until the 1st of May 1976, when he was killed, political murder. The book, though it is a novel, it's a Romana cleft, the fact sure. is it's, yeah. some of the stuff is so astonishing. When he's in this prison, tortured, interrogated, you have a remarkable thing, he's telling off these guys, the various ones named Hazazikus, the uh, Theophilinakis, uh, Ioannidis, Avarov, various ones who were actual people. Yeah. But he's just telling them to go to hell. Did he, this, this is your novel. Oh, he was he, more than that. He, he was more than that. You know, he humiliated uh, he them. Was, he was so much that that man had a tremendous, I would say, an unhuman amount of courage. The courage of Alekos was beyond that. You know, nobody can do it. Uh, besides, apart, his torturers and uh, his uh, opponents of, of the junta, of the military junta, and his political opponents after when uh, uh, democracy was reestablished in, in, in Greece. But in the daily life, I say that nobody can 
testify as well as 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 I can because of course uh, we were always together. Uh, and human courage and also a tremendous delightful sense of humor which killed them because he was making fun of them not only resisting them. He would have nightly bulletins. There was one man he took off on Hazazikus. He'd have nightly bulletins about him. Humiliating him, he'd well, he holler out loud, and the Humiliate, people, the guards, yeah. wouldn't go to a movie. They wanted to hear this, and they yeah, were laughing. Yes, yes, he yes, would make yes. things up. Very humiliating. It is. It's very difficult to survive yeah. in the conditions in which you survive in that cell. I have been in that cell before they destroyed it. I, and he, I, for years, Alekos had been telling to me how small it was and how, how unhuman. I. Of course, I believed him, but I didn't think it was that small, that unhuman. And when I was in it, thinking that he had survived also through his humor, not only his courage and his... I couldn't believe it, because you got so depressed and hopeless once you were inside, in the dark, in the tiny little space, and yet, and yet he did. You know, there's so many implications to this novel. It is about Panagoulis and about Falacci. But more than that, the implications, you speak of these dictatorial figures, the brutes, basically banal men. You know, Hannah Arendt wrote the book, The Banality of Evil, you know, about the Nazis. Yes, and more than that. And they're banal. Of course. And this is one of the keys to your book. That's y- what you, you, know, you know what it is uh, about, uh, um, ah, Stats, it is about the man, the individual, the individual who's lonely, because he does not bend to the fashions, to the dogmas, to the rules, uh, to the opportunities, to the compromises, to the fanatism, uh, to the established rules. Of right or left. Right or left or center, I'd even say with a paradox. I say or extreme right, extreme left, extreme center with a paradox. Extreme center. And who, <laughs> <laughs> and who fights all the same? All alone, who does not accept to be a man of the crowd, who does not accept to be a yes man, and therefore he's lain by all. But wait, I've got to ask you a key question. This is throughout the book, a question haunting me. The lone hero, the Don Quixote, who wants to do it by himself almost. Yeah. Now, isn't this self-defeating? By himself. He never associated himself with a group it was. He was looking for. They are inevitably you know. defeated, of course, but they leave a seed, the seed, which will flourish. You see, I say in the book, they are not even. They cannot be called revolutionaries because no revolution takes place uh, 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 when they are alive, when they act. But they announce it and they prepare it. Can I read you a little Please. passage? I, I have to be to explain because, you know, my English is bad and here it's, it's good in the book. When I speak that it happens especially to the lonely rebels who know they will soon die. As a rule, their existence is a blaze of a thousand unfinished adventures. A storm of seeds cast on the wind or sound at random, without knowing whether the plant will bloom or without waiting to see the shoots. Rebels don't have the time or the desire because they have always to pursue something new, always to begin again and again with an incoherence which, if you think about it, is an extraordinary coherence. 
and every ser everything serves the purpose, even the ideas of the others. In some cases, in fact, the idea that replaces the discarded idea was not yours. You heard it from others, and having heard it, etc. Now, they leave this seed. They have no followers. They are leaders without followers. But the followers will come. Will what blossom. did he think? In, as you say this, there's self-doubts, not in him, but self-doubts about the public itself. He himself, he's, what did he feel about the general populace? The truth now. He was very generous. And he absorbed the indifferent crowds, the uh, coward crowds who always say yes, who always accept the choices already made by the powers. And he was such because he was fighting for them, but at the same time, he was pitiless. I remember when he had those, when uh, he returned after one year of exile, he was released and he came to Italy in exile, and after one year, the junta fell, he returned to Greece, he was elected uh, member of the parliament, he became congressman in the list of the uh, Union Center, which was a kind of social democrat party in which he didn't believe, but he had to, to put his feet somewhere. You know, he had to, to, to be in some list. And I was at those rallies where so few people went and they didn't understand him because he was not making phony promises. He was not fooling them. He was saying to them, you, he was reproaching them all the time, you stupid, who believe everybody who do, who, who accept the, the choices already made. You who forget that everybody, somebody, you who do not participate, people didn't understand him. He was very severe with them at that time and he had any right to be severe, and yet he loved them. He loved them yeah, because he died for them. He existed for them. At his funeral, thousands. Yeah, they went there when he was dead. Ah, so I no was very so. angry that day. I was one side happy because I said to him, Alekos, you see they are following you now. I was kind of mad that day, crazy that day. Oh, the, the, the grief had, had crushed at me. At the same time, I was full of contempt, and I said, oh, Christ's sake, now you come. Now that he's Oriana, dead. hasn't it always been such in history? Hasn't it always been the minority? Always the same story, of course. Of course. Those who change the world are few. He has written a beautiful poem about that. He, he says, let's see if I remember, the few exist and nobody expects for them. Nobody awaits for them, but they will come. In your meeting him, this time you are celebrated as an interviewer of all sorts of people, revolutionaries, guys of the establishment, powers, whether it's Kissinger, because those may have forgotten our oh, <laughs> interview with that. Kissinger. Forget that, forget that. I, I want to bring it up, I want to, because he's no, back in action not. again. You That's will not, right. not, not to Just not. a minute, just a minute, I'm going to bring it up, because he's back in action again. And her interview with Kissinger is a classic and should be reissued again. But back to you speak I'm of the writer, not you speak of the Panagoulises of the world when you met him. The other Panagoulises of Southeast Asia everywhere, and you see the connection, do you not? Listen, yeah. uh, uh, you know the paradox is that this man, who was a hero all over Europe. I was not very much known to me. Very, very vaguely, yeah. I knew uh, uh, who he was, what he had done. Of course, I knew. I mean, the 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 the, the, the substance uh, of the facts. 
because that time I was in Vietnam. I was a war correspondent in Vietnam, so I was not living in Europe. I didn't know exactly what happened. I had seen, I remember vaguely one day, uh, um, I was in uh, in um, in Saigon on on a, on a te- the telex of a news agency. I've seen uh, Panagoulis has been arrested and he's going to be trialed, and we expect condemnation to death for him. And I had said, Oh God, finally someone has done something in Greece against the dictatorship. But you see, I was there where people died at thousand. I wasn't thinking much of it. He instead, he knew everything of me because he he told me when he was released to the prison, you know how much you kept me company, how much company you gave to me with your books, with your articles, even with your interviews that yeah. you want to go to and I don't want to. And uh, so he, kn- he knew uh, he kept everything. kept up with everything. Me. And yeah, you know, he's, he used to tell me, you know how many hunger strikes I've done to have a new, the newspapers where there were your things. And... Uh, and uh, or a book of yours, and he learned Italian yeah. on, on one of those books. The amazing thing is his effect on those who would try to torture and persecute him. They deep down respected him. They feared him because he, in during a trial later on, when they were on trial, and he was witness for the prosecution, he surprised yeah. them. But he says, "They." You know, I was blame. there. There is a chapter in this book, a man, where I. Where I tell, uh, um, which which uh, takes place uh, in uh, in uh, the the martial court where the since democracy has been real, uh, reestablished in Greece, bad democracy, evil democracy, bad democracy, as he said, better than nothing. Where the torturers, those who had been his torturers, are trialed, and I was so shocked, though I know he knew him so well, by his generosity, by the fact that he was the only one who didn't uh, uh, insist too much on what they had done to him. The others spent five C hours to say, oh, and then they did this to me, and then they did that to me, and they tortured me, and then they beat me, etc. Aleko spoke only half an hour, and then he said, that's enough. He did not, because he was pursuing, he was fighting at that time another power, he didn't care anymore for his torturers. And then, at a certain moment, the judge asks, the, 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 the most important, uh, uh, the most guilty of the torturers was Teofilo Yannakos, yeah. who had been his torturers. Do you have anything to say? And Teofilo Yannakos, as, as, as the book says, yeah. got up. In the book, he gets up and he says, Alekos. And he calls him, and Alekos doesn't yes. turn yes. because he doesn't want, doesn't want to talk with him. Yes. And the judge says, You address the court, not uh, the witness. And then he addresses the court and he says, Mr. Judges, I want to say that it, uh, the little he said, it is all true. We did more than that. I'm sorry, but I want to add that. Even when we did that, we respected him yeah. so much From your because book. he was the yeah. only one there who had the guts to stand us. As you right hear his voice broke, this the Theophorianakis, hear his voice broke, but resumed immediately, stronger, more secure, and quoting him, because, gentlemen, says the torturer of Panagoulos, he is the only one who stood up to us, the only one who never bowed his head. And you, you, you you're not referring to your hero, to the poet, your lover. He, you did not move a muscle of your face or your body. You did not bat an eye. You gave not the slightest sign you had heard. In this attitude, you waited for the court to dismiss you when the moment came for you to leave, to walk down the aisle again. You turned away from... Theophilionakis, so you could still have your back to him. 
And so... You know, that's why you read that. I'm thinking one thing. I think that uh, uh, I, I'm, I used to say uh, that I wrote this novel handcuffed because since I used the real names and the real facts and the real dates and everything is real, I could not abandon myself to creativity as I, I, I felt. But now that you, you read it and any time that this happens, I realized that I did not need to invent. The novel is already there mm -hmm. in his yeah. life, in, in the life that we're talking to Oriana Falacci, the subject at this moment is her novel, A Man. It's a novel based upon <laughs> a literal truth as well. Her own fantasy is here too, as a novelist must have. And it's Simon and Schuster, the publishers. It's explosive indeed. And we're going to resume in a moment, must ask about something terribly important, about certain kinds of people who are always in power, no matter what the government is. Mm. And there's a man named Avarov, and we'll come to this in a moment after oh, this God. message. Resuming the conversation with Oriana Falacci, her novel, A Man. And so, there is the hero, Panagoulis, the lone hero. We have to come back to that loneness of men, and uh, can he not work with others? The question I must ask you. And now we come to one a man named Avarov in this book, who is always in power, no matter what the society may be, no matter what the ideology of that society. You see, Stats, uh, there is the real name of Avarov, who still is the Minister of Defense in Greece. It could be any other name. I use this name since, as I wanted to, I like us to be a little more alive I mean, less dead, less dead. Mm. To keep him alive, yes. put it as you want. I use my bad English. And I, therefore, I had to use his own name. I had to use the, the names of the others. And the real facts and the dates, we said it before. But Averov could be anybody. Averov is a symbol. Averov is the symbol of the power, of the evil power. A banality. Never, never sunsets. They, it always remains there. Can I, can I read you a, 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 a passage of the book? I think it's a very important <coughs> passage. It, it, uh, it <coughs> refers to a dream as a poet. As he, he always had dreams. And this is a dream that uh, he has in the book uh, the, um, a few days, uh, a couple of days before uh, the fall of the junta, of the military dictatorship in Greece. And he tells me this. Dream. It's a dream about the power. There was a desert of gravel. In the center of the desert, a mountain with a boulder balanced on its peak. And suddenly, from that mountain rose a roar, a dull roar heralding a landslide. The boulder began to sway, tilted forward, broke from the pack, and rolled down to shatter into countless little pebbles like those that made up the desert. You were set up in a search of happiness, as brief, brief as a blink, however, and followed by blind rage, because on the peak of the mountains a second boulder promptly appeared, identical with the first, but stable. He dreams what? that the military junta, the dictatorship, has fallen. And he thinks that this is the, 
this is heralding a dawn of liberty, of justice. No, 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 because immediately after, he rises his eyes and he sees another bottle, yes. identical to the first one, on the top of the mountain, in the same position, who is in the book Averov and who could be everywhere because they are there always. One goes and the other comes. So the struggle continues. Oh, for the poet, For the poet, the quest is always there. It's like a task of Sisyphus in a way, isn't it? It's life. Come but on, that's it's life. Come, so we also... And, and the poet and the hero, in, in, that, in that way, fights life itself, the normality of life, oh, the, the logic way, of life. The normality. There are some, certain <laughs> moments like men like Panagoulis, the poet, the hero, always is afraid of normalcy in a way too because, because it bore him. Because it's motionless, it's <laughs> silence, it's acceptance. As uh, either Carter or Reagan, one of the two, you know, listen. During your campaign, yes, uh, your, your elections, yes, I was following them so closely with all my political passion, wherever yes. I am, you know? Yes. I mean, I'm in America, yes. I follow them with of my course you do. Yes. political passion. Mm. I'm in Spain, I do the same, and Japan, I do mm. the same, and in my country, in Italy, I do the same. And I said, oh, God, I, 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 I wouldn't need to write about this. It's already there in my book. It's mm, all yeah. there. Yeah. It's all there. Empty paper Boulder on the mountain. Oh, they might say boulders on the mountain, also boulder, empty. Boulder, I, I pronounce it. Yeah, there. no, okay. boulder on the mountain, also empty paper bags belaboring one another. And so we come to that. And so the, you also speak of his discovery. He tried to assassinate a man, though it's a violent act. Later he makes a discovery yeah. that's not going to do it. Huh? Violence begets violence. Later on he made that discovery. Yeah, yeah, we, we continuously discussed about that. Yes. You know, my violence is verbal. I do not know if I would be able to kill the tyrant. I should. I would want to, but I'm afraid I would be unable. But he says He was unable. And, I, and we, we discussed about that because uh, one day he got angry at me because I killed the spider. We were in my country house in Tuscany and there was the spider. I, I squashed it, I didn't say the English. And he said, why did you kill him? I don't want to see dead people. I said, what dead people? It was a spider. I said, Alec, what are you telling to me? You wanted to kill Papadopoulos, and now you, you yell at me because I killed the spider. And he became very serious. And he said that marvelous phrase that I use much in the book, I did not want to kill a man. I wanted to kill a tyrant. Yes, but he also says later, I do not believe in bombs anymore and explosions and arms. An imbecile can squeeze oh, he, a trigger, yeah. set fire to a fuse, kill two men, even a tyrant, and then what? What changes? When one tyrant dies, they create another, and a few tyrants are the very ones who fired the shot. He got into that. He got to that when he was in exile in Italy, and I like to believe that I helped him to get to that, because what is the change to kill the tyrant, I say to him? Also, because I was afraid that they would try again and, and they would kill him instead. If another tyrant will come, it is the individual, it's the people that must be changed. That is the real change. And uh, he, something happened in him during his exile in, in Italy, during which he totally abandoned uh, what you call, or what I call in the book, to be honest, the idea of violence, which is more than that, that kind of action. And he realized uh, it was imperfect, imperfect. 
and that men and humanity should be changed through ideas. And that was and is in the book his great discovery. And paradoxically and cruelly, it is what drives him to die, to be killed. Because he was killed in the time of democracy, not in the time yeah. of the military junta. Yeah, you have, it ends with on a sort of mystery note as to who this guy did who ran him down in the automobile. And this guy used all sorts of names, liberal, left names, everything. Uh, can I he, say one thing yes. b- b- before that starts? Please. We have to explain why he was killed. Okay. That is the whole point. All right. Because once he was in a parliament in the in a democracy or so-called democracy. He was the deputy in the parliament. And he had given up, of course, uh, as I said, uh, the idea of violence. He had to continue his work of poet, of hero. I mean, it was his task to do something. And he did. What did he do? His little personal water gate. What you did here in America on a larger scale, that is searching for documents and, and, and witnesses that would try would demonstrate that the government then in power was the heir of the junta and had been collaborating with the junta. That is, it was the same boulder on the mountain. What happened? It happened that he had not the Washington Post, uh, uh, the, the Chicago Sun-Times, the Chicago Tribune, the New York Times, to publish those documents after he had found them. And he was left alone once more. Then he decided to give the only thing to do, to give those documents in Parliament to the Prime Minister, to Karamanis. He was the only man that he had found nothing against him. And uh, he was killed the eve. He should give those documents on Monday, the 3rd of May, 1976. And he was killed the night between Friday and Saturday, 1st of May. See? But I got those documents. He had given them to me. And I published them in this book. You know, I was threatened a lot while I was uh, writing this book, you know, for two years in my country house in Tuscany. I was living with my loaded gun next to the bed, and my father too. You know, and the police, uh, the Italian police and the carabinieri and the anti-terrorism was saying to me, Miss Falaci, what are you doing to protect yourself? I said, ah, what do you want me to do? There's nothing to do. If they want to get me, they will get it. But they will have a tough time. Because before killing me, I'll try to kill one of them. (laughs) See what I mean? I I wanted to say why. You're not like Carlo Levi doing Christopter Eboli. He was being pursued by the carabinieri during the fascist time. And you, in a way, No, they were protecting me. Uh, It was different, because in this case, they were protecting me. They tried to. Yeah. In any case, the, you know why never nothing happened to me? Why not? Yeah, I did a smart thing, which was a lie. I said, also here in America, or here in Chicago, I said it while I was writing the book. And I said it, of course, in Italy, everywhere in Europe. Well, those documents, copy of those documents are in uh, several banks of Europe, in all the capitals. And if something happens to me, if I die, even for pneumonia or anything else, those documents will be immediately published. So you it was smart, tr- was it? By the <laughs> way, you, you and, uh, and Panagoulos did a similar trick to the junta. When he was in prison, you're afraid he might be killed. And you faked invitations of American universities to them. Remember that in yeah. the book? Oh, yeah, because yeah. I... Uh, oh, can I say something about America? You can say America? anything you want to say. My God, I have to say that. All right. He wanted so much to come to America. 
He wanted to come uh, to see the people who had uh, intervened to spare his life. Not it, it, because these people were not only Johnson, they were senators and congressmen. Not many, but those few that are there always when the hope seems to be lost. And he was denied the visa. There's an incident here there's that's an, a, there's an astonishing, it's almost a comic incident so bad with the, uh, the embassy. Where was this, in Rome? The it American was in Embassy. Milan. In it Milan. Milan North and it's a funny scene, and he's telling off Not this so guy. funny, it's tragic. No. Funny and the, tragic, yeah. The guy, the guy hides his visa. He says, who are you? And he grabbed the visa from Panagoulis, and Panagoulis telling the guy off in no uncertain terms. You know, because according to the Immigration Act, he was guilty of moral torpitude. <laughs> because he's attempted the life of Papadopoulos and because he was uh, uh, in the resistance against uh, an establishment government. It's it was Kissinger denied him the visa. Well, well, after the visa was denied, it was more tragic than that, as the book tells, because uh, they put the stamp of the visa and they put the, uh, the moment uh, the, 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 the employee, the, the vice consul in Milan had to put the signature, he realized who he was. And then he got scared, he didn't put his signature, and he put instead another stamp, cancel it, cancel it. By the way, he wanted to, to publish, Aleko wanted to publish his second book of poems with a cover, with that page of his passport, with the cancel it. He was very hard. He would never recover from that. He didn't, after, when he was a member of the parliament, he was invited in America several times by several universities and he said, I shall not come if Kissinger itself and the president of the United States ask me, tell to me, I'm sorry. Now, then I tried very badly to, to, to get this visa and apply to all my American friends. I said, don't do it, don't do it. It's such a mistake, a political mistake. For Christ's sake, why do you do that? <laughs> you accept all the communists and you're so scared by the communists and you don't accept Panagoulis. As you know, he was not a communist. So I, I remember I called Pierre Salinger. I said, Pierre, call Ted Kennedy, ask him to intervene. Don't do that, don't do that. They could do nothing. I was told, I don't know if it is true, I guess it is true, that Kissinger itself, as Secretary of State, confirmed that denial. <laughs> I, have, I have written a, a, an important chapter on, in, in the book about that. I don't know if we have time to you read it. Time. I would love to. Can I? Sure. Uh, God, I would like to do that. Let me see if I found it. All right. It is when I call America the terrible Leviathan. Leviathan. Le Leviathan, you see my English. It's good. There is one thing, where I question, since Theodorakis, whose song you have yeah. just played, uh, had been accepted in America, and he was a communist, I couldn't understand why they didn't want Alekos. And this is what the book says. There is one thing that the terrible Leviathan, the great monster, the self-elected champion of democracy, America, has in common with the tyrannies of right and of left. And this thing is this state, strong, arrogant, merciless, supported by its Manichaean, do I pronounce it all right? Yes. Manichaean laws, its crippling regulation, its pitiless Manichaean. interest, Manichaean, okay. its fears or rather its hatred for the creatures who do not represent a, represent a mass 
the individuals who don't match a specific card in its computer, a code of conformity, a religion, the solitary reprobates. The solitary reprobates cannot leave and cannot enter. He's not given a passport to leave the frontiers of ty tyranny, nor a visa to enter the frontiers of the great monster, self-elected champion of democracy. Precisely because he's a solitary, because he does not have a party behind him, an ideology, and hence a power that guarantees him. Paradoxically, the dissidents who leave the Soviet Union are not solitary reprobates. Reprobates? Reprobates. reprobates. Behind them, there are statistics. There is the doctrine of the opposing barricade, the payoff for Leviathan, 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 for whom they are barter goods, money to spend in the name of the international equilibrium. I give you a Corvalan, who was the communist in, in, uh, in Chile, and you give me a Bukonsky, who was the dissident in the Soviet Union. Exchanges. I will return you spy X or Y, and you let me have a Solzhenitsyn. You see, and then I say, and the Lev Leviathan does not deal with individuals, in particular with individuals who have no file card. It deals with other states other doctrines, other religions, on occasion with the parties that are states weaving the state. So it's the state we're talking about. The state, where the capital S is yeah. what Panagoulas yeah. was bucking all the time. Yeah. And the state, no matter what its ideology, is what you're talking about, too. So Panagoulas was the loner. I still got to come back to that question of Don Quixote. And you were kind of a Sancho Panza, as you say, in a way. Your own kind. So we could come back to that canly loner in the world today, even a Panagoulas. The many Panagoulas. Yeah, there are the many Panagoulas, but aren't, isn't it better if they have colleagues where they are? No, we should try. We should try to stay with them. Power you talk about. Toward the end of one of the chapters, the subject is power too, and I quote you. You're writing now. This is, she is writing, she is talking to her dead lover and poet, Alekos Panagoulas, this is Falacci now. But perhaps I am wrong to call power in power blind, deaf, stupid, ignorant. Power sees all, hears all, knows all. Power knew that indeed the real enemy of that pathetic figure was not the ambiguous barricaderos who in the years to follow, these are the terrorists and the others yeah. who would shoot harmless and unarmed people, these fools, these idiots, these clowns. It was you, the poet, because they can deal with the terrorist. They can deal uh, with the extreme left, the extreme uh, right, the extreme center. They cannot deal with the solitary individual, with the poet, with the hero, because he's unpredictable. He represents, as I said, uh, nobody. And therefore, he is the real danger. I remember, it was paradoxical, because I remember when I was in Rome, uh, we, w one of the many times I was in Rome with Alecos, we always went to the same uh, hotel. It was the Chelsea in Via Veneto. And that day, Kissinger was staying in that hotel because he had come in official visit to my country with more than 100 between bodyguards, 112 to be exact, bodyguards and um, uh, people who accompanied him, etc. And the hotel was filled with uh, police and uh, Italian police and American uh, 
people, I don't know, FBI, CIA, those people. You know that they came in our room and searched, and uh, uh, in uh, the corridor of the floor where we were, um, there were at least seven, eight between Italian policemen and uh, American FBI, because they regarded him as an angel, the blind, the deaf, regarded him as a danger. And the book says uh, at that point, uh, while they, were, they are there, it portrays them in all their foolishness, because he's reading a, a, a page of Plato, Plato, Plato to me, which is all the contrary. Yeah. It's a page that condemn excesses. Uh, um. Of course, we have to come to something else here. You speak of Plato, you speak of uh, Panagoulos reading the ego of the book. Now, the, he is the hero as an egoist, too, because he alone, and the word alone is there, you see, always. Listen, yeah. starts. The hero is always a negotist and has to be such. And he has the right to be such because he doesn't act for himself he acts in name of a dream of an effort and since he sacrifices himself he is in my opinion entitled to sacrifices the others uh, included those that he loves i remember that i used to say to alekos tell me alekos should I go to Greece and should they arrest me and should I be tortured? Uh, would you come? Would you help me? Would you do something for me? If you were arrested too and they say to you, if you do not talk, we are going to torture her. And you see me in, in the same way you were when they tortured you. What would you do? Would you do something? Would you talk? And he said, I hope not. I think not. I think I should not. See, which means that you would sacrifice me. And he said, I would sacrifice my mother, my father. I have sacrificed already a father, already a brother, and I would do it again. And I respect. Yeah, yeah to you man, now, I respect you all them for that. They're, they're right, they're right. Now, wait a minute. There's a question i got to ask you now, Oriana Falacci, because I want to ask you this in finishing the book. This man and you, he gave you life and spread. At the same time, the incidents you described, it's a novel, of course, but based upon the... He's pretty rough toward you many times here. Uh-huh. Uh, you took a hell of... You, the woman of independence, took a hell of a beating from this guy. Yeah. Why did you accept that from him? You, the independent woman who intimidates all men, I'm told. How come you accepted it from him? I didn't feel uh, uh, at all degraded or, uh, for, for, for following him and, and being uh, his constant companion and at a certain extent even his body. Why didn't you challenge him in some moment there when oh, you're discussing, it. wait a minute, discussing art and he said, comes out of need and you said, did Phidias come out of need? Did Michelangelo come out of need? And he says, shut up, I'm talking to somebody else. Why come didn't you challenge him? In the reality, I challenged him more than that and more than the book says in reality. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was, uh, there was a continuous, delightful, blessed antagonism between us because we were both of us two strong personalities and though we loved each other that much, we, we, we were fighting all the time. Thanks God, thanks God. 
uh, none of us gave up his personality uh, for the other. But I was, I admit that there was a good percentage of indulgence in me towards him, more than uh, in him towards me. Oh, Stats, I knew he would die young. When he says in the book, I'll never be old, I he really said it. I knew it was true. And I had chosen, freely accepted, and I kept choosing it every day, this role of Sancho Panza, which is not a subordinate role. It's a, a, a role that completes the role of Don Quixote. Do I pronounce it right? You pronounce right. it fine. Uh, which he was. I mean, uh, he was the hero. I was not. We come back again to the theme of the man, the poet, the hero, challenging power, the state. And we think of these men, the pathetic, wretched men, whether Papadopoulos, or whether it's, uh, whether it's uh, what's his name? The, the but he remained a man, Stats. But here in every society, this is what Hannah written about, the banality of evil, too. This is a dull, dull people, you see. Yeah, I know, but we have to die for them all the same. Die for them. Uh-uh. Die for if whom? necessary, even to die for the dull people. No, so no, I'm talking about. I'm not dark. talking about the populace itself. I'm uh-uh. talking about those in power. Ho oh, 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 ho! That's well. what I meant. Oh well. Uh, uh, maybe I missed the. Or- no, or- I'm saying that these men, Papa Tapas, a little man sitting there like that, the guy yeah. he wanted yeah, to yeah. kill, or or these guys are Hazazikas. Yeah. Why are creature. they there? Yeah, I mean, then not even, there's no, there's no dimension. Well, I mean, there they are, are those here or in other societies, it too. It is the question that uh, I uh, p- pursue, also as a journalist. All my life I've been trying to, through the work of journalism, which is, you know, after all, the work of historian, to understand why they are there and not the best ones. I think I have already demonstrated through uh, other books that they are not better than we are. They are not more intelligent than we are. Very often not even more stronger. Why the is fact that? is that uh, anybody could be there. They are just representative. And if you wanted a certain mom- moment, a fistless, nameless representative of curse which is on us on humanity since the day that uh, I don't know how many there were at that time the first man of this planet reunited in a tribe and they had either to elect someone who would represent them or someone stronger than them more violent than them took the power to rule them. Uh, it seems it is a kind of curse uh, which stays there. Wherever there is a society, I mean, uh, when uh, people, men, and by men, I always mean men and women, yes, of course, live together because uh, they, they have, there must be this exchange uh, and a reciprocal support. I mean, you make the shoes and, uh, and I make the hat, or uh, you make the radio and I make the printed press. They must have some people who leads them, and uh, those who leads them 
are what they are, yes. uh, possibly worse than But always, they. every always it is the poet there. If you would read the last paragraph of this book. You the, want me to? Yes, the disobedient, the misunderstood, and solitary, the ah, poets. Okay, all right. Then, this is, we, we were at the beginning of a man, and now we're reading the, the, the end. You mean that? Okay, I'll do it. The disobedient, the misunderstood and solitary, the poets, the heroes of senseless fables, but without which life would have no meaning, and to fight knowing that to lose would be poor madness. And yet, for one day, the day that counts, that salvages, that often comes when you have given up hoping, and when it comes, it leaves in the air a microscopic seed from which a flower will bloom. Even the flock people understood this, bleating with its river of fleece. No longer a flock the day, but an octopus that strangles and roars, zee, 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 Alekos leaves, leaves, leaves. This is why you were smiling so mysteriously now that you were descending into the grave, where the high priest covered with golden necklaces, sapphires and rubies, emeralds, symbol of every power, present, past and future, was tumbling grotesquely, breaking the crystal, trampling on the marble statue of your body, thinking this was all that remained of a dream of a man. a novel, a truth. Thank you very much. The Greek word is eleftheria, for freedom. Eleftheria. Eleftheria. Thanks for Alekos, Stats. Thank you, Orianna. <laughs>